Welcome once again to Jim and Pat's Glasgow West End Chat. Everything about Glasgow's West End. My name's Jim Byrne and the Pat in the title is Pat Byrne. And this is episode 28. Now in episode 28 you will hear Pat interviewing Pauline Lynch, or P.K. Lynch as she's called as an author and actor. Uh, as an actor, probably most famously featured in the film Trainspotting. But lately we've known Pauline more uh, for her writing. She's a published and successful author and she was also involved in our own 10 Writers Telling Lies project, so I've known Pauline myself for a couple of years. But Pat and Pauline have known each other for a bit longer because they were both on the uh, creative writing course at Glasgow University. I think it was the MLIT in creative writing. Uh, So Pat met up with Pauline and they had a a great chat in Cafe Gondolfo. Is that right? Cafe Gondolfo? Or Cafe Gondolfe, is it? I'm not sure. Uh, because Pauline was uh, involved in an event called Word Jazzology, which is in Babbity Bowser's in the Merchant City. So Pat took the opportunity to, to catch up with Pauline before the show, and they had an interesting chat, which you'll hear shortly. But before we get there, uh, a couple of other things to say. One is, I was looking at our stats again, and uh, as I said, maybe a couple of weeks ago, we get quite a lot of listeners from America, and in particular, the state of Maryland. Now, why is that? Well, whatever the reason is, I want to thank you for listening in to our wee Glasgow West End podcast. I hope you're enjoying it. If you are enjoying it, in fact, even if you're not enjoying it, please get in touch and say hello. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, is there anything else I need to say? Other than subscribe, if you've not subscribed, get in touch, rate us on the iTunes, give us five stars, tell your pals, and I think that's about it. Okay, let's go over to Cafe Gondolfi and listen to Pat's chat with Pauline. So, I'm in Babbity Bowser. No, I'm not in Babbity Bowser, that's what I'm talking about. I'm in Cafe Gondolfi with Pauline Lynch. Pauline's come up to Glasgow tonight from Bigger to perform at Babbity Bowser at Word Jazzology. Word Jazzology, that's right. And so I thought I'd take the opportunity to, ca- to go along and, and obviously um, see the show, but to catch up with Pauline also. Thank you. That's a good arrival. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. This looks gorgeous. So, this is going to be hard, doesn't it? <laughs> it's going to be hard. If you're listening, I'm really talking. sorry about the chewing noises that you're about Got to do before you perform, Pauline. Um, so, I've not seen you for a wee while. We, we had lots of get-togethers while um, we had ten writers That's right. on the go. And um, so that was great because Pauline is one of the the 10 writers in that project but um, I actually first met Pauline when we both did the Emlet Glasgow Uni yeah and Pauline won the Scepter Prize which was 
fabulous. Oh, lucky me. But it, no, it was a fabulous achievement. You were actually the first person that I spoke to on my course. Yeah. When we went for the induction. Oh, yes, that's uh-huh. right. Uh-huh. 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 So that was nice because you were very pleasant and cheerful. cheerful. So that was neurotic. It's nervous and neurotic. <laughs> no. And um, so, and then you you did so well with the Septo Prize. And was that the beginning of Armadillos? Uh, I'd started work on Armadillos before going to uni, but I hadn't quite realised that it was going to be a book and I'd put it down and uh, the stuff that I was bringing into the workshops at uni were kind of getting a bit of a wishy-washy response, you know, so I thought I'm going to bring in something different and dug out armadillos and I got a great response from that and that really encouraged me to carry on with it. And I was looking at it today actually because I'm reading from it tonight. It's the first time I've picked it up maybe in about two years mm-hmm. and I was reading it thinking where did this book come from because it's set in Texas and I'd never been to Texas when I started writing it I did go subsequently to Texas after winning the Scepter Prize I used that money to go to Texas to research and I finished the book but I don't know where it came from it's just <laughs> and it's very like, dark aye it's a dark book yeah mm-hmm. and I, I was holding it in my hands earlier on today thinking God blame it. <laughs> How did I come up with this? <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, the Texan accent is very useful. So obviously your background in acting um, yeah. is helping yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, so I've been dusting off my Texan accent today for an airing this uh, evening. It's been a while. Uh, we enjoyed uh, that. We went down for the launch. We enjoyed that so much. That's right, I remember you being there. And you yeah. done the gorgeous blue cowboy boots. Oh, uh, do you know, I had not planned my evening at all. I don't know what, I think I was maybe just, just I don't know, too scared to think about it. So I hadn't planned the outfit. It was literally 10 minutes before the launch was due to start. <laughs> I remember standing upstairs in my hallway with my friend Diane saying, is this all right? And... God bless her. She must have looked at me and thought I was an absolute sight. But she said, no, yes, that's great. Just get out the door and up the road. I hadn't put any thought into it. Those boots I'd picked up in Texas while I was over there. I'd picked them up in a thrift shop. And and I just grabbed them and I thought, okay. And I was wearing these shorts, denim shorts, and a scabby old blue shirt that I didn't even tuck in. I mean, I looked like... I looked an absolute no, sight. No, you didn't. You, you, I thought you looked great, and uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, it was I, smashing. I think I need to plan ahead. I need to learn to plan ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good at doing that. So when was that? When did the Armadillos actually launch? Um, sort of about halfway through April 2016, mm-hmm. I think. Time goes so quickly. Oh, it just races by, yeah. And then, of course, you wrote Wildest of All. I, I was really fortunate in that before Armadillos came out, my publisher offered me a deal for another book, which I obviously grabbed with both hands, you know. But I had to write it hell of a quick. I'd been working on it for a long time, mm-hmm. and I didn't really feel like I had an awful lot more to do mm-hmm. until I signed the contract and went back and realised that I had thousands and thousands and thousands of words, but they were just saying the same thing in different ways, you know? And I had to scratch everything 
and start again. So it was a real baptism of fire, that second book. Um, I tried to make it a lot closer to home because I thought that would be easier after writing Armadillos, which was a long way from home. I thought, I'll go back to what I know, and I tried to draw on my own experiences of uh, grief and living in Glasgow and leaving and going to London. But that just brought a whole host of other problems in terms of fictionalising it, because, of course, to me, my lived experience is all pretty boring and run-of-the-mill, so I didn't want to just write that, you know. So fictionalising it and moving something so personal into a realm that was removed from me was... uh, was, a, was another challenge. And remember, um, I mean, I, I enjoyed that book too, and also because um, I lived in London for a while as well, mm-hmm. um, and so many people go from Glasgow to London, mm-hmm. and it's um, so it seemed that there was a familiarity about it, but also that there's a lot of emotion in it. Mm-hmm. And I think you were um, you were a wee bit nervous at the launch because a lot of your family were there. That's and, right. Yeah. And yeah. you thought they might recognise or they might assume. Make... That's right. Uh-huh. Well, you know, there's a character in it who there are similarities between her and my own grandmother. But the only, you know, the starting point was my own grandmother. But my grandmother was not this character. And I was just so nervous that they would think, you know, that I was saying that two people were the same and they're worlds apart from each other, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that thing of writing about something that's really close to you and familiar to you and having family there and knowing that they'll recognise some parts of it, but were they going to make big leaps and assume that I was talking grandly about my family you know it was nerve wracking but actually they were all great absolutely great there was no they were they were really pleased and happy for me but you're right it was terrifying I mean it is um, I've written about one of my brothers um, who who died um, and um, it wasn't it wasn't like a sad story it was about an incident but I sent it to my sister in Canada the story and then she wrote back to me and said, um, I think ask Liam, who's one of my other brothers, I think ask Liam about this because that's not quite what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, of course, I wasn't writing the true story. Yes. <laughs> I was just sort of, you kind of thought, oh, you miss... Uh-huh. Yeah, you're <laughs> fictionalising it. You, yeah. you miss some of this, you know, and, and I thought that was quite, quite comical. But there are things that you... You know, within your family, you could you could write about maybe want to write about you think mm, yeah, will, will it work or will it? Yeah, um, until it all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, some people do feel very free just to write about, yeah. about anything, and I'm sure that there are two people. I would like to be able to do that actually. <laughs> I think you've got to be careful, you know, because. Everybody's lived experience is a really precious thing to them. And just because you've got one take on it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the true take. That's true. So you've got to be respectful of them. There's a woman in my writer's group, a really well-respected poet called Vicky Fever, and she brings a lot of poems to her group to do with her childhood. And I 
say it, I've said to her, how do you remember all this stuff? She, you know, because for the details in her poems, down to the colour of the tiles she was standing on when something was happening, is all in there. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, how do you, how, how have you got all this in your head? And she said, well, I just make up. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> When you do that, that's what I do. I've just got some of my memory would have to make it up. <laughs> I wouldn't have an option. I think that's great. I just think, you know, your lived experience is rich, you know, you can get a lot out of it. But there's no need to, you know, none of us, we're not writing biographies, we're writing um, fiction. I, know, I remember at first when I was writing, and if it was something kind of based on something true, I would be wanting to write things like um, Seven Days Later. Or two miles down the road. At 2.33pm. <laughs> I was wondering, because if it was two miles down the road, um, and I knew it was two miles down the road, that's what was going to be. And then when you look at it, I first think it's you don't need it. It's absurd. Yeah, you don't need it. Tell the story. Yeah. Um, uh, so what are you up to at the moment? I know, I know this is on tonight. And this is, is this something quite new for you? Brand new, yeah. Uh, Maggie Gibson's a writer who's organising it and uh, she invited me to be part of it. She's just pulled together a bunch of talented people. We don't really know what it's going to be. That's why it's called Jazzology. So there's going to be spoken word, there's going to be music, there's going to be song. I know that I'm going to be, well, I'm reading from Armadillos, I'm going to be accompanied by somebody on the guitar, but we've not met yet. So it's a bit of a mashup. So I think it'll be fun, you know, and it's free to come along. So there's no pressure in thinking, oh my God, we've got to rehearse this and get it absolutely right. It's just a really relaxed, free for all, an entertaining evening. I think you know. sometimes that's going to need to really work. It's just to bring something, something more alive. Well, let's hope so. Yeah, she's great. Maggie, I love Maggie. I've yes. done some workshops with her this year because I felt my writing had kind of stalled a little bit and so I signed up for these workshops with her and uh, they've been great absolutely great I went along to some of her workshops too mm-hmm. um, over in winter time actually uh-huh. um, I missed quite a few unfortunately because I wasn't well and then the weather was atrocious and whatnot. so I didn't get to all of them and there were a lot of poets mm-hmm. which I'm not really um, I'm not I'm not great with um, poetry but I, I really liked her I thought she was yeah very good in yeah she's an amazing editor I see her and people would bring along a story and she would read it at the same time as everybody else and by the time she got to the end of it she would be making these great suggestions for edits yeah she is talented and in our group our group was pretty diverse actually because we had short story writers we had novelists we had um, poets and we had uh, a playwright as well so it was a real mishmash and I think we all got something out of it I think that's what I miss I live in bigger out in the countryside you know and I, I miss being in Glasgow and I miss being you know writing can be quite a solitary affair so it felt really good just to get back into a room with other people and draw from each other's ideas I really enjoyed it that was good that's great yeah so I'm, I'm really looking forward to tonight her husband's also going to be there he's a Ian. comedian Ian yeah. is it McPherson yeah. Uh-huh. yeah so I haven't seen him perform before but I've um, listened and um, I've seen some of the stuff so I think he's very good too yeah but I, I love Maggie performing um she, um, I saw her uh, quite a while back. It was um, 
the stuff for Scottish poets and um, writing in English and Palestinian. Mm-hmm. And it was quite a long time ago that Alistair Gray was part of it mm-hmm. and Maggie. And um, oh, it was so good. It was a, it good was, it was, a, it was, a, it was absolutely smashing it. I've been doing that. I'm looking forward to this. So, so you up to anything else? Well, I've got a commission for um, a short story for Radio Four, which I'm really excited about. They run a series called um, The Poet and the Echo. So I've chosen a poem. And I'm going to write a story about that, and I think that will be transmitted sometime in September. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. And that's I also great. had a really interesting approach from somebody through Facebook. Turns out my mum's cousin, who I'd never met before, had picked up on the fact that I was a writer. She came to my wildest of all lunch back in September, and she sent me a message. Uh, asking if I'd be interested in meeting her and her daughter to talk about her daughter's brain tumour. Her daughter's called Caroline, she's 35, and uh, she lives in Cumbernauld. And uh, she was given a pretty bad prognosis. But while she was having chemo, somebody came to her in the waiting room and uh, said, have you heard about cannabis oil? <laughs> and she hadn't, and she was quite, you know, nervous about it, wasn't very comfortable with the conversation, but had the conversation and went home and mentioned this to her dad. And her dad said, oh, that's really funny. I've read something in the papers about that last week. So together they did a pile of research and she's been having cannabis oil shipped in from Canada and they were wondering if I would be interested in telling the story because her tumour has shrunk oh and God, stayed that's amazing. And, and, and not progressed. Uh, still there, she's still in the care of doctors but she's still going strong and she's going off on holiday and you know having a good life. And uh, so I went along and I met Muriel, her mum, my mum's cousin, and Caroline, and they were great people, really lovely people, and their story was fascinating, and uh, I'm going to try and help them get it out there. They've been in the press, yeah. I think maybe a blog or something yeah. like that. Well, if I can help in any way, the Pauline, you know, through the site, let me know. Okay, oh, brilliant, know. thank you. I'm very, very happy. Um, but she told me, I think it's, you know, there's loads of anecdotal evidence now suggesting yeah. that there's definite worth in this, and yet we're still not exploring it I mean, my sister um, lives in Canada, so she, she has Lyme disease, as, as I have, and she um, gets prescribed cannabis. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Medicinal cannabis yeah. in Canada. She's had yeah. it for a long time. And, yeah. it, and it's been very helpful. Um, and I can't understand... Um, the reluctance you know, to explore it. Why. I, I mean, you would think it would actually... It must be something to do with, well, I think, with the control of the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. That's all I can think of. Well, I don't know. But Caroline made the point to me that when she was in Spain, she got it perfectly fine. And she said that the sensation of being legitimately in a pharmacy and being handed it uh-huh. felt very different to her experience uh, of how she has uh-huh. to source it yeah. you know? uh-huh. and she also
also made the point that um, she... And it's expensive. Well, very expensive. It's costing her a lot of money every month and she's got a fantastic support in her local community. So there's lots of fundraising going on, lots of bake sales and sponsored marathons Where does she and live? like that. Cumbernauld. Yeah. Uh, so she's, she's supported, but it's costing a lot of money. And she made the point to me that... She, she made friends with a woman in Dundee, a single mother, who had was diagnosed with a cancer. And a little boy, about nine or ten years of age, and she didn't have that kind of support or network. No, no, no. And so she tried to she tried to grow the cannabis and make her own oil, and she was raided by the police. So I think there's a huge social issue here as well. There's people who need it who just can't and Caroline's really fortunate that she's got that back on. I think after um, you know all the publicity with that wee boy, the yeah. you know, the stop, and he he started so an awful lot of seizures. Yeah, um, that that sort of the profile a bit. But um, I mean, I I I take it that it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. it's expensive, and I, I would imagine she probably need to take maybe more than. What, what I'm taking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. That's a great project to do. Well, important. yeah. So we need to um, we need to get back together again and work out our best plan of attack for it. But it definitely seems like something really worthwhile to explore. That's good. And you moved house as well. Oh my God! I moved house. Yeah. <laughs> I moved house. I moved house over that terrible winter we just had with the snow. We had to dig our way into the new house. <laughs> the guys were coming with a truck to move us, and uh, I thought, oh, I better go and open the doors of the new house. Where's the keys? I don't know where the keys are. Well, the keys turned up three days later when the snow had melted. You know? Oh, it was a nightmare. And uh, my partner and I had to, I mean, literally dig our way into the new house because there was so much snow and bigger where we live. I never want to do it ever again, ever. We're not moving. Not moving. <laughs> Did you like it? Aye, it's good. And it's very good. big garden? No, it's not. No, no it's just a normal sized garden. The back's open. It's just the back's open. Yeah, we've got a great show field behind us, so it's got a nice yeah, open outlook. And the kids jump over the fence and, uh-huh. you know, see you later. Yeah, they have a great time. Um, no, it's, a, it's really nice. Well, we've moved good. off the high street and it's a nice week behind it. That's good awesome. for the kids. That's good. Yeah. Give it a good for writing too. Yes. If life can just slow down a wee bit and I can get back to my desk and if people can just stop putting things on my desk as well, that would be really good. Watch it. And Pauline, um, I saw the video of your um, son Finn on the guitar. Ah, How yeah. fabulous. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. Ah, he's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got that performing streak, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he seems to have. I think he's really at home with the guitar oh, on the stage. So it's great. And of course, he doesn't get the opportunity to stand up on a stage with a guitar very often, so months go by, and I'm always gobsmacked the next time I see him, because uh, it just it takes my breath away. He's, he's 14, and he's standing up there, and he's completely at home. He was. I mean, I love to be sort of, you know, playing and sort of stopped and like, connected with the audience and, yeah. you know, got them to do their bit. It was so grown up. I mean, it was, it was quite professional, wasn't oh, it? Finn's always been grown up. People <laughs> said that even when he was 
a toddler, a friend of mine said his character is as though he's just walked out of the pages of a Dickens novel. <laughs> the way he was just always really chatty and sociable and uh, desperate to just get on with life, you know. He got happier with every milestone, cried as a baby, rolled over, <laughs> cried less, started crawling, cried less. Once he was walking, that was it. What See was you later. Good. Yeah. And what about then? What's he into? Football and football and football and Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Xbox oh, game. Oh, I know, I know. I know the football in Fortnite. I, from, from Ryan, you know. I think the whole world knows about it. <laughs> He's trying to explain to me it's actually quite a good thing. I Fortnite. Think it's well, you know, I even played it. I had a bash at it, and it's not. I don't pick up computer games, you know. But I thought I'll have a go at this, and uh, I can. I do see the attraction. It's good fun. You can join up with your friends and have chats and plan your attack with them on your headphones, you know. Uh, I'm aware I must sound like a really old lady talking about this stuff, because it's just so normal to them, you know. But, uh, no, it's good. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't tempted myself, probably, but now I know that you're doing it, maybe you and I. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a squad. <laughs> so, listen, I'm really aware that we've got a good sitting in front of us, and you've got a performance to go to, so... Anything else? Anything going um, you know, on in the back of your head? Or oh, I'm just wanting to get started on my third book. Really, I've, I've had an idea. I've got some characters. Uh, I've started writing very vaguely around and about their circumstances, but I've not quite got into my full rhythm with it yet. So that's my next thing. So that's how you go about it. You kind of think about it first of all before you actually yeah go all round about the houses until I kind of go ah that's what this is so I'm hoping to get to that point quite soon <laughs> and then I so, can so and does your publisher know about this no not yet nobody knows about it no they do not but the <laughs> do out no. but that's it that's great and that sounds fabulous about the about the radio play too that's I'm really excited about that I've chosen um, the Heaven's Embroidery the Yeats poem, which I've always loved. Uh, so I'm, I'm, again, I'm writing round and about the houses with that as well. That's yet to emerge. Well, that's exciting. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. I mean, I'll look forward to listening to that, and it's great to see you. So likewise. Um, enjoy your salmon, Pat. Right. Thank you, and you, and you enjoy your cat. It looks gorgeous. It sure does. Right, thanks a lot, Pauline. See you later. Thanks Pauline, thanks Pat Okay that's the end of another episode of Jim and Pat's Glasgow West End Chat Please subscribe Please tell your pals Please get in touch if you get any questions It's uh, on Twitter It's Pat's uh, handle is at Glasgow's West End or you can email us email us that's jim at glasgowestend.co.uk or pat at glasgowestend.co.uk Catch you the next time Bye